Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, she helps eliminate waste and inefficiency in the medical world. Her story just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, they don't teach doctors in medical school how to run a business, and so therefore many of their practices are inefficient. There's all kinds of redundancies, and, and sometimes it can impact uh, patient health. To talk about that today, Tanya Stinson, she's with Leaning Towards Change LLC. Thanks, come, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. All right, so tell us what your company does. So we actually uh, coach, educate, mentor uh, physicians and nurses and, and you know, clinicians and non-clinicians in eliminating waste errors and inefficiencies from their day-to-day -day work processes. So uh, essentially we come along and just, uh, they can either take our courses where they actually certify to um, eliminate those waste errors and inefficiencies from the day, their day-to-day -day work, work, or we actually can walk alongside of them as they're doing their work to look for those waste errors and inefficiencies and bring those back to them and consult with them about how we could best eliminate those. And I was so impressed with your background. Let's kind of pull up the uh, the About Tanya page on her website. As we scroll down, man, you are just overqualified. You've got <laughs> you've got degrees and awards <laughs> and uh, things I can't even name. Uh, as you look at your own resume, are you kind of impressed? You know, it's all, I'm one of those. I raised four boys, and so I think I don't ever sleep. You know, mm -hmm. I still go to bed really late at night. But I've always been one that once I found out about performance and process improvement, I just wanted to get as much experience and knowledge as I could. And so I just uh, continue to strive and, and you know uh, do as much as I can to help, especially the healthcare community. Because traditionally, Lean Six Sigma uh, originated in manufacturing. Even Henry Ford used lean manufacturing back whenever he created his Model Four or Model A cars, you know, sure. for Ford manufacturing. And so, to know that these methodologies, a lot of them go back even into the 1800s, that have been very successful year over year. But you know, these are some of the same methodologies we use today that have been proven successful over and over. And and you know, to know that we can actually do that in healthcare, it's all the more prevalent. You know. Sure started in manufacturing, there's still a lot more improvements in the manufacturing you know, world than there is in healthcare, but that's my goal is to actually bring a lot of this into healthcare and try to continue to push it and promote that culture of PI in healthcare. And Tanya, you and I were visiting right before the show and I asked you to recall your favorite story of helping a client out. Will you share that story? So uh, one of the, the, the projects that we actually worked on was blood culture contamination reduction. and. Um, it was very well communicated before the project even started. Um, they actually, the, the president of that hospital communicated about, communicated about that project before we even started the project. And so just by word of mouth, it started to improve the process because that's one of the issues we have these days when it comes to 
you know, actually doing the work is a lot of people don't know where the gaps are in communication. And so, you know, we actually, in, in what we call Lean Six Sigma, we actually have what we call our eight waste. So when you think about those eight waste, communication happens to not be one of those. So to me, I think about communication essentially as our ninth waste just simply because it's something that if you don't communicate from department to department and person to person, you don't truly know what the other person is doing. And so therefore, when you assume that somebody's doing something and they're really not, it causes that gap in process and that gap in communication. Sure. And we've got some uh, video of uh, doctors and nurses working with patients. And I know uh, you're very passionate about change management. People don't like change. So how does, what are the secrets to smoothly making a change at a, like a hospital system? So one of the things that I would say where that's concerned is you have to include those people in the changes themselves because if you don't include the people and you're essentially pushing changes on people, they're going to resist, right? So, and they're, they're going to push back and, and sometimes they won't even make the changes you're asking them to make. And so it's essentially about just ensuring that you bring them along as you start to see these issues, ask them from a subject matter uh, expert you know, perspective, them doing the work where are the issues as part of current state and actually include them in. So that way, you know, from the people doing it, where those issues are, and then have them to help you work to eliminate those issues. Because I think that's some of the time is we'll have a lot of leaders to be able to communicate that there are issues, but they don't talk to the people that are actually doing the work on the front lines. Sure. And so if we could really start including those people, as we look at these processes that need to be changed, then you'll get more buy-in. And then when things start to improve, you'll actually have those people as your cheerleaders because they're going to say, yes, I've seen that this works and let me promote this to other people and let them know, yes, this process truly works. So, And, and ultimately, I think we all benefit from this because of uh, when you have skyrocketing hospital bills because of inefficiencies, um, ultimately, you know, we end up paying for some of this stuff. So you, you must feel terribly rewarded to be working in an industry where, you know, they're saving lives. You know, it, it's one thing whenever you, like I said, I, I grew up at, and, you know, learned about Lean Six Sigma and started on my journey when I was in manufacturing. And to know that when I started on this journey in manufacturing, it was one thing to know that it was inanimate objects that you're working with. It's not uh, objects that breathed or, you know, could talk and tell you exactly what was wrong with them. But to know that we can bring these methodologies and these tools into the healthcare world where it actually helps people that are living, breathing, talking every day, but see, that's the thing, lean, uh, lean Six Sigma and a lot of these other methodologies, it's not just healthcare that they can improve, it's manufacturing, it's mining, it's utilities. Anywhere that there's any kind of waste, error, inefficiency, or defect, you can use these methodologies, methodologies to eliminate those, sure. those waste, errors, and inefficiencies. Tell me how you work with your clients. Do you actually, if you're working with the hospital system, do you actually come in and start interviewing employees about what they're doing uh, to help really understand, like lift, looking under the hood to see, okay, uh, why is this not working the way it's supposed to be working? So traditionally, what we do is we ask them, you know, what their problems are, because what we'd like to do essentially is get you know, a sense of what the problem is, because a lot of times people can tell us they think they have a problem, but it isn't until we actually start gathering the data to track and trend to see how often this problem happens, who all is impacted by these problems, and, you know, whether it's, you know, an example of one could be wrong site surgeries. Okay, so you tell me you think you have a problem with wrong site surgery. Well, how many people in the last year, so to speak, have had wrong site surgeries? And then, you know, you drill down essentially into the data. That's where the Six Sigma portion comes in because you want, it's data tells a story. So it's essentially me gathering information or the data to tell me, 
you know, how many people have been impacted within a certain time frame and, and if it's truly a problem like you think it is, sure. so to speak. And uh, if, if her face seems familiar, it's because she's been on our network before. We, you were here about a year <laughs> ago on the Cutting Edge podcast. Uh, you, you love educating people, don't you? I do. And it's, it, I'm very, very passionate about it, yes. Yeah. Um, when did you first fall in love with Six Sigma? Back in 2007. It's funny because I was working at a power plant and there was a position for an above ground strip coal mining operation. And I had went in uh, and interviewed for a position <laughs> and they said, well, do you know anything about Six Sigma? And I was like, uh, no, what is it? And so naturally I was curious and, and so wanted to learn more about it. And as soon as I did, I, I was like, it's in my DNA naturally, I think for me to, to want to you know, learn more about this. And so, it, I mean, it's been a passion of mine ever since. Sure. I'm thinking in a way you're, you're like half engineer, half detective, because you're, you're having to really uh, uh, problem solve uh, in, a, in an industry that I know you, you've become very familiar with, but you, you didn't come up through the medical industry, did you? I did not, no, sir. I grew up in mining manufacturing industry. And, and, and it's funny um, because before I actually got into the mining and manufacturing industry, I, I'm a Texas certified peace officer as well. So when I say that the, you know, that my favorite, so there's actually five phases, part of Lean Six Sigma, the debate methodology. So there's define, measure, analyze, and prove and control. And so analyze is actually where you go and you look for the root causes of the problems. Like, so looking like, just say for instance, we talked about wrong site surgery. So looking to see where, the root causes of you know what happened and why are we having these wrong set surgeries? What's the true root cause and what's the reason for those that actually happened? And and that's like the more investigative sure, phase, you know. Sure. So that's my favorite phase. But you're still, you know, I, I think of it when I think of forensics, right? So you, yeah. forensics investigation where you're looking for the true like needle in the haystack type clue that's going to break the case wide open. Right. And so that's essentially what you're doing with root cause analysis is you're determining where the, the essential root causes of the problem started from. Sure. And I know we hear a lot about physician and nurse burnout. How many times does it have something to do with just their lack of sleep? You know, um, I would say that a lot of that goes back to and, and of course, not being a nurse and, and being on the front lines, this is where I would actually go back to them because they would, you know, this is one of the questions why they would, you know, one of the root causes, essentially, they tell me why the burnout is. But I think part of it is we're just so short, you know, short staffed. Sure. And a lot of the short staffedness comes back to these broken processes, because one of the things that and, and you know, this is traditionally what we see in Lean Six Sigma and a lot of these process improvement methodologies we use is that we'll hire more people because we think that's going to solve the problem. But essentially, if we don't solve the process problem, regardless of how many people you throw at that problem, it's still going to be broken. Sure. And so when you think of the short staffedness that we have in healthcare, especially if we were to address actually what the root causes of those problems are and the reason why we're having to throw so many people at a process, Essentially, I think that would help with the short staffness because we would actually know where the, the, the gaps are in communication, the gaps are in the processes, where the waste errors and inefficiencies are. And then we'd be able to put some people in, in those places and actually build a, and what we call a future state process. So you're actually going to put less people in place to be able to do those processes once we iron out all the like I said, the waste errors and inefficiencies, and then it's going to be more streamlined and efficient. Sure. Tanya, in the little time we have left, if there's a hospital administrator or a doctor watching this right now, <laughs> how do they know when to bring in somebody like you? Um, well, traditionally, they would be looking at their bottom line to see, you know, um, 
where it is that they, and a lot of times it actually takes people going to the Gimba is what we call it, where they're going to observe where these inefficiencies are. So like if they start to see, just like we talked about earlier, blood culture contaminations, well, if you start to see a lot of blood culture contaminations, you'll have the data to back that up. And so with that, you would say, okay, well, we need somebody to come in and essentially help us to you know, find out what we can do to eliminate all of these blood culture contaminations. And so that's when essentially somebody like me could come in and help out with that. Outstanding. You've been a great guest. We're going to have to have you back again. We're going to end, end with the website, which is leaningtowardschange.com. Uh, the great Tanya Stinson. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.